Hello, and welcome to the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bubbitz, and welcome back for the seventh Sunday after Pentecost for the week of July 28th, 2019, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I'm excited to really talk about the Twitter question this week because I've had some interesting reflection based off the question that I had last week and some comments that I had from specifically one user, and it caused me to think, and I want to have a little bit of a discussion on that and give you a little bit of what went on with me and how what we talked about last week directly affected me in a much deeper level than I ever expected. So, but before we get into that, I'd have to do my shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their commentaries, their discussions, their podcasts, I really recommend using it, especially like this week, as you'll find the alternative first reading from Hosea was really complicated for me this week, and being able to use some of the commentaries and using some of the podcasts that are available on Working Preacher really helped me be able to grapple with and discuss and figure out how I was going to handle this week's podcast. So again, before we get into this week's podcast, like I teased up front, I want to look at last week's Twitter question. And the Twitter question that I put out last week was, who do you give time to and does that need to be adjusted? And I think that's a really powerful one to think about because I've had deep conversations with people discussing specifically time and that the conclusion we came to after a long three-hour conversation was that love is really the dictator of our existence, not really time, and that whoever you love, you give time to, and it's the most precious gift that we can actually give, is time. And I think there's times that even myself included, like one emailer sent back to me, We forget about the time that we're giving to other people that maybe we're not directly in prayer or directly spending time in the scriptures, but we're living out our mission, living out what God is calling us to do. And at times we don't think of that as time with God, but it's completely time with God. It's time that we are giving to God to do service and we forget about that, or at least I do at times. And it's so easy to forget the impact that we're making on people and that doesn't get unnoticed. And I'm really thankful that we have a God that's like that, that we may be concentrating on, I should be spending more time in prayer. I should be spending more time in scripture and God's saying, I see that and I agree with that, but don't forget the time that you're spending time loving my creation, loving my people that I have put into your life that I sent there as a messenger, as a teacher to you. And I find that I often do forget that and really find it interesting. Last week, we talked a lot about time. And this last week has been a really interesting week for me. And I'm going to spill a little bit of it because I think it's a really important message. So, As you saw last week, I sent out the podcast really late, and within hours of sending out that podcast, I found that God was trying to really take meat and potatoes of what I had said and the sermon that I heard this Sunday, shout out to Corey Furman, talking about time. And Corey talked about there is a time to do and there's a time to rest. 
And I found that I have been doing so many things for being a youth minister and arranging a mission trip and arranging the blanket exercise and a lot of these other things around my life that it suddenly came to a screeching halt on Sunday morning when I woke up with severe abdominal pain and went to church, but then immediately went into ER and to cut a long story short, got diagnosed with diverticulitis. I'm fine. I'm feeling great. I've been had amazing treatment that's been really beneficial, but it's also caused me to think about and to pause for at least a moment and think about rest and think about there is a time to do and there is a time to to go, 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 and there is a time to rest. And I think it's one of the things in our own faith life that we don't give enough time to is thinking about rest is a time of reflection, a time of spending time with God, a time of maybe not actively, in quotes, actively doing something where you're going out and being boots on the ground, but time where you're doing a lot of listening and spending time with God that way. And for me, I look at, as I announced last week, we're on now on episode 81. This has been a long, long time of just go, go, go. And I'm really thankful for all of you who have sent in and had podcasts, listening to them and giving feedback to them because it's really powerful for me. And I'm not saying that I'm stopping the podcast and I'm not even saying I'm taking a break, but I think it's one of those things where I'm going to keep thinking about this because there's what I originally intended to doing the first year that I did this and where it is now are different. And there's still things that I am planning on still doing and I'm still planning on taking it forward. But it's one of those things too, as I think about this ministry and what we're doing, it's constantly evolving and constantly changing. And so again, I'm just saying if there's feedback and things that you want to make sure that you enjoy, things that you really find amazing about this or things that you wish I wouldn't ramble as much on about, let me know. It's one of those things that I'm constantly wanting to tweak and wanting to work with. And make sure in your own faith life that you're giving yourself a time of rest. Understand that there is a time to do and not just sit on your butt and totally be in rest state for extended periods of time. But there's going to be times where God's going to say you need to rest. And I think it's something that we underestimate in our culture. We constantly are go, go, go people. And sometimes God is calling us to be still. And I think it's a lesson this last week, especially for me, that's been difficult, but much needed. And I didn't realize how needed it was this last week to slow down a little bit and give my body just a little bit of time to recover. And I'm taking some different things outside of the podcast where I'm trying to let my body do recovery. And it's amazing how it's we forget about that. But with all that said, you're still here to listen to this week's text. So let's get into it because we have some really interesting texts this week. And I think it plays decently well into this idea of thinking on a broader context of what God is doing. Not getting so focused on the individual, but thinking on the broader context and what does that mean for us here and today and now and going forward. Because it's so easy for us to get wrapped up in our own personal faith that we forget about the community at large. And I think this week really 
exemplifies that. So the gospel text this week is out of Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. And this is where we get the Lord's Prayer in Luke's interpretation of it. One of the disciples asking him, and he lays it out of the Lord's Prayer, the basic Lord's Prayer. And what is that all meaning? And he gives this interesting parable at the end where someone comes to a friend at night asking for loaves of bread because he's had some friends that have stayed. And that people, especially in the culture in that time, they're very hospitable. They're not going to just turn this away and just going to offer them food that wouldn't be helpful. They wouldn't just shut the door in their face. As we get in verse 11, if there is anyone among you If your child asked for a fish, would you give them a snake instead of a fish? Or if your child would ask for an egg, you give them a scorpion? If then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Coming there from verses 11 through 13. But the point I really want to focus on for the faith and science point this week is looking at verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For anyone who asks, receives. And anyone who searches, finds. And for anyone who knocks, the door will be open. Verses 9 through 10. Remember those later here after we've gone through these because it's going to be the premise of where I'm building this week. And I think it's important verses that we forget about. The first reading is then from Genesis chapter 18, verses 20 through 32. And this is where we get into the beginning of the Sodom and Gomorrah story. And it's really interesting when we're going through this because we get this side that we don't typically see. And I think it's something really interesting to think about with our own prayer life. But here is... God saying he's going to get rid of these cities and Abraham essentially praying, you could say, pleading with God, negotiating with God's maybe a better word for it and asking if there's this many faithful people, will you destroy the city? So it goes from 50 to 45 to 40 to 30 to 20 to 10. And that the Lord then confirming that he will not then destroy it. And I think we get to see when we have this image of the Old Testament God, we get to really see the love that God has for us even here in the Old Testament in a much different way than we typically see it. And how much that there can be this negotiation or conversation is probably a better word, this conversation between us and God and having God understanding where we're coming from and God being able to work with his people because of the love he has for us. It's really amazing to see that. The alternative first reading is from Hosea chapter 1, verses 2 through 10. And this is a very difficult reading, I feel. And I found this reading this week very difficult for my brain to wrap my head around. And I would recommend, if you haven't, checking out Working Preacher's commentary on it, if you're looking at preaching or looking at this, from Blake Cousy, 
who is an associate professor of religion at Gustavus Adolphus College in St. Peter's, Minnesota. And just the opening section, I really opened up a lot of doors to me. Because we get this image of Hosea supposed to be taking this wife who possibly is promiscuous, and what does that mean? And that the names that then they give for their children is still the remembrance of the sin that's gone on, but yet they're still blessed. And from what I am understanding from this professor is that it's an image of us and our relationship with God, is that God still loves us even though we mess up, not once, not twice, but multiple times. And in that multiple times of us messing up, he doesn't give up on us and that he still wants to bless us and help us understand. It's like God takes a lot of the blame for us messing up, understanding the divide that is there and is still wanting to try to mend the relationship as much as possible. And it's a really interesting, beautiful, hard text to really deal with. And if you have other ideas on it, I'd love to hear a response either on Twitter or just shoot me an email. I'd love to hear your understandings of this. We got to get through these last couple pretty quick. The psalm this week is Psalm 138, and it's this praise psalm. And that how great is the God that we have. And seeing the God in all these different things around us. Seeing him that we give thanks to him at the Holy Temple and exalting his name above everything that we do. And that all the kings of the earth shall praise him. And that for the Lord on high gives regard to the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. That God is still loving and waiting for us. And I think it's such a message that we have to consume and understand. The second reading is from the third week that we have had in Colossians of 4. This week, starting in chapter 2, verses 6 through 15, and optionally 16 through 19. And this discusses then what this faith does. That this faith changes us, and it's through all these things that Christ has done for us. And that this shouldn't be a gospel of separation. It should be a gospel of bringing people together. This is a gospel of helping us discover what God has fully done for us as we go through this life, as we continue to strive to move forward. It's beautiful to really think about and contemplate what it means that he did all this for us. So Tyler, you're probably asking by this point is, what were you meaning in that gospel text? Because I don't see the string that you have through this to tie faith and science together. And I think it's one of those things, again, that it plays so well with the idea of taking time to really recognize the things around us. Ask, and it'll be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. When we're looking at these questions coming out of, or these statements coming out of the gospel, does it give a defined answer? Yes and no. If we ask, it will be given to you. 
It doesn't say it's necessarily given the exact way that you expect. If you knock, the door will be open to you. What's on the other side of the door? Is it what we expect or is it something different? Search and you will find something. Are you finding what you expected to find? My proposal this week for the Faith and Science discussion is welcome to the world of science. (laughs) Ask and it will be given to you. We've asked so many questions in science over the years, and sometimes we're able to find the answers quickly. Oftentimes, it leads to additional questions before we're able to really even get started. How are we going to be able to do this? Just because we ask the question doesn't mean it's just directly given. We still have to have the communication skills with our peers, with God, to understand how do we approach this question. How do we go forth and pursue this? Seek and you will find, or search and you will find. Search where? Where are we searching? And if we're searching into something, how often we find it is not exactly what we expected. So did we really find it? Knock, the door will be open to you, opening the door to new questions. To me, this whole gospel is talked about the whole idea of understanding that God is so much bigger than us. And it gets back to where I would propose that science is just starting to have us understand the glimpse of what God is. It gives us a door into seeing the power of God. And like any good scientist will tell you, any good hypothesis upon trying to figure it out will lead to four more questions. Just like we discover something, it leads to the questions of how did that come to be? Or why does it react this way? This is very, very common, and this happens all the time in science. And I think it's this whole understanding of us understanding God. For me, with grappling with faith and science, tying this in with the Lord's Prayer is powerful. Because it's understanding that I don't really bring that much to the table. That my daily bread, my income, if I'm as a scientist, is coming from something greater than myself. It's coming from studying something that was prepared by someone else. In this case, God, and trying to understand how. Or we have this question, and we feel like we want to go and explore something, having just been going through the 50th anniversary of the Apollo missions. We had a question. We wanted to explore the great beyond space, something more that God created. How are we going to do it? How are we going to propel ourselves through the atmosphere to space? And how much was discovered by us going to space? How many doors were opened to us, which led to more questions? How many things did we discover, but yet it led to our furthering our curiosity, furthering our curiosity to understand what this place is, this place that we have been given freely to us? When we look at the Genesis reading and look at what appears to be Abraham bargaining with God, I would argue it's more of a conversation. It's understanding God, understanding the love that he has for us, understanding, do you really want to do this? 
Where is the boundary? Where is the boundary of God's love for his people? And if he has that much love for us, where does that bring us? You look at the alternative first reading and going through and having this symbolism of this dysfunctional marriage in a way, and that it being us, but that we're still coming from the end here, from verse 10, at the very end, children of the living God, children. He's not disowning us. When we recognize what we do and what we've done to him, we get Psalm 138, this praise that we give to him, but we're so bad at it. We need to continue to remember and to pause and to seek, to ask and to knock. This is part of our reality. And I don't feel that this is unintentional. I would argue that we have a God that's a very creative God. Look at the world in which we're in that we seem to have a decent understanding of, yet there's so many questions we still have, but we can see his creativity around us every day. And he gave us the ability to question. He gave us the ability to wonder and to ponder. So why wouldn't we do that? But in this, as it pushes us to challenge, to ask, to pray for crazy things, to try to answer questions that we have. It also comes back to me of at the very beginning of the Our Father or the Lord's Prayer, give us each day our daily bread. And how I read that at this time and at this place in my life is God giving us what we need to be sustained for that day, daily. Sometimes it's through the humbling of myself realizing I'm not Superman and that I'm mortal and that I'm going to need help. It sometimes means that, Tyler, there is a time that I need you to rest and I need to talk to you for a while. And I'm not saying that God caused my diverticulitis. No. If anything, I did. I will look and address different things within my own diet I will look and address as I go through this process of slowing myself down because my body physically needs that and use it as a time to connect with the Father. It gives me time to think of what to ask, to think what should I be seeking or searching for and where should I be knocking? Where should I be knocking and be like Abraham and having that conversation with God? I think it's one of these things that we really don't think about. But again, science gives us such a beautiful example because that's the whole field of science. It's asking. It's seeking. It's finding. It's knocking. And piece by piece, moment by moment, we start to see God's handiwork to understand at a greater level of who this is that we are worshiping. Who this is that said for whatever reason that now is your place, right now. I need you here now. It's a hard thing to grapple with. It's something we wrestle with, but it's powerful. So the Twitter question this week is going to be a weird question, and it's going to be looking at this verse that we've been focusing in on. What should we be asking? What are you seeking to find? And where do you need to knock? 
to have answers opened up to you. I know for myself, I'll be looking and considering that myself here a lot the next week as I am going through and contemplating what does all this mean as I'm trying to slow myself down and making changes to my life to make sure that my body is physically in a better condition that I can be able to bring you this on a week-to-week basis for myself to make sure that I'm giving myself enough time for God to speak and have conversations with him and that I'm not just running, running, running until I'm on empty. And so that when I'm on empty, then I don't have ability to ask the questions that I should ask. God's like that person at times where I feel like we run and run and run And then we get asked a simple question of what have you always wanted to ask? And we can't comprehend something at that moment. And suddenly, after we walk away from that moment, we realize we should have asked this. And I think there's so many times in our own lives we do that. And if we're looking at our faith like a scientist would, we need to be able to spend the time contemplating so that we can ask those questions as we are working on this when we have the people around us to hopefully brainstorm questions and work through answers together. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.